0: Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. Hello, everyone. My name is Clint Schwartz, I'm the lead pastor here. I could watch that video again and again. It's so exciting to see all that God did this past year here at Lighthouse. Um, You guys remember what our word for the year was in 2021? Oh boy, you guys sound excited about that. Go. (laughs) Let's try that again. What was our word for 2021? Yeah, Yeah, there we go. Because that's what you did. That was uh, based on the scripture, go into all the world and make disciples. And it really was a year of going, a year of sending, a year of inviting. Uh, It was the year that we sent out our first church plant. If you guys remember that, Gateway Vineyard Church is now meeting up in Granger. This is a picture of Tony and, Na- Tony and Katie and Bella Nenga. Um, and by the way, they're expecting another one, just in case you didn't know that. Super exciting. But they meet every Saturday night up in Granger, Gateway Vineyard. So if you want to visit them, I would encourage you to go up there and visit them. That's kind of exciting for us. So we sent off our first church plant. We also hosted our first vacation Bible school. That was something new for us. We'd never done that before. Um, Ben, you can just go roll through these pictures. So we had 50 kids from our neighborhood and from our church that came out to this, and dozens came to know Jesus during that week, which was super exciting. Um, And uh, believe it or not, we're going to do it again. I didn't think I'd say that because it was a lot of work, (laughs) but uh, we're going to do it again this next year. I'm excited about that. Uh, We also started a new initiative, Take 5 to Invite 5, knowing that uh, it takes a minute to invite someone to church. So we had these five packs. We still have those out there where you can grab a five pack of invite cards and take a minute invite someone to church. And as a result, we've seen our attendance grow by quite a bit. Uh, In December, that was the first month in the history of Lighthouse that we averaged over 200 people per service. So that was a big deal. And uh, not only were people attending, we've had a lot of people attending the church, uh, but we had 69, I think it was 69 people either accept Jesus or recommit their lives to Jesus through the ministry here and through all of you this past year. So that was super exciting. 2021 was a great year. And that was all in the middle of a pandemic. Did you know that there's this pandemic going on? And all of that happened uh, this past year. So 2021 was an exciting year. Well, every year we take uh, a Sunday, we call it Vision Sunday, that's today, and we celebrate what God has done in the year prior, but then we lean forward into what we believe God is, uh, where God is taking us this next year. And just to remind us, our purpose statement here at Lighthouse is to love God, love people, and shine Jesus. And in 2021, we were definitely leaning towards the loving people and shining Jesus. And so my hope this next year is that we are going to continue doing that, but uh, we will be focusing on that very first part, which is to love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Let me tell you where this is coming from. Uh, This past summer, Rose and I, we, we just kind of been reeling from a year and a half of the pandemic and uh, trying to figure out how to do ministry. And, and we were really busy through all of that. So this past summer, I just felt like Rose and I were disconnected. You ever been that way with your spouse or even your kids or you know, your parents? There's that moment where you feel like, we're just not on the same page. We're feeling disconnected. So uh, I scheduled a weekend away. I figured that'll do it. We just need to go down to southern Ohio and go hiking for, you know, day hiking, that kind of thing. So we did that, had a great weekend um, away, great trails, good weather, all of that. And we were driving back, and it's, a, you know, south of Columbus, so it's a four or five hour drive. We're driving back, and I remember looking over at my wife and thinking, man, I don't, I don't know that I feel any more connected. You know, we just spent this whole weekend together, and I don't know that I feel any more connected to her. So I asked her, I said, so Rose, did you really want to go on this vacation? Now she's sitting right up here, and she's okay with me telling the story, by the way. <laughs> and she said, you know, I didn't, I didn't really want to go on this. And I said, what's, what's going on? What is, what's going on in there? And, um, and so we talked about it. She thought about it a little bit. And then she said to me, she said this, these words. She said, No one wants to go on vacation with their boss. Yeah, and somewhere, see, so somewhere along the lines, Rose and I planted this church together three and a half years ago, and uh, we we did this, we launched ministry together, but somewhere along the line, maybe because I'm full time and she's part time, but I became you know like in charge, and she became like an employee of mine, and uh, and it wasn't working out very well right? It just wasn't working out very well. And I'm a problem solver. And so I immediately went to work while we're driving. I made a phone call. I pulled up a job description and we changed that. So I'm no longer Rose's boss, just we all get that clear. Uh, Matt took on a little more responsibility, poor guy. Um, And Rose and I, we defined, redefined what we do in ministry together. So we're more in partnership than her reporting to me. And, um, because I want, I don't want to be Rose's boss. You know, at home or at the church or in life, I want to be. I want to be, you know, co-laborers. I want to be friends. Um, you know, I want to be in love with each other. And um, when you report to someone, your boss, see, there's there's a different kind of relationship that's established. Um, in First John, it says it this way: There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do With punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. So, if someone sees us as their boss, then there's going to be a certain amount of fear in that relationship. Fear that they won't be able to do what they want or that they'll get in trouble if they don't don't do the right thing. Love is not found in fear. By the way, Rose and I are doing fine. This This has worked out really well. So... We learned a lot. For us to stay emotionally connected, we needed to change that relationship. So God used that situation to start speaking to me, though, about my relationship with him. Because in many ways, I see God as my boss, right? I mean, anybody been there? You know, I've seen God as my boss. Now, to be honest, he is the King of kings, Lord of lords, creator of all things, Right, He is in charge, but when we only see him as our boss, then we're in this different kind of relationship, relationship with him. It's a, it can be a relationship of master-slave, of fear, but that's not the kind of relationship that God wants with us. He doesn't want that kind of relationship with me. Jesus said it this way, You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. God wants to be friends with us. He wants to be close to us in a loving relationship. So I think, you know, a question for those of us who have been following Jesus for a while, and maybe if you've been following Jesus for a short amount of time, the question is, why do we serve God? Do we serve God out of fear, or do we serve God out of love? Do we do what God asks us to do because there's something in it for us? Do we do, something, do we do what God asks us to do because we're afraid to be disciplined? Do we do what God asks us to do because it's just the right thing to do? It's, it's what my dad did or my grandparents did, and it's culturally, culturally the right thing to do. So you see, none of those reasons are bad to do what God asks us to do, but they're not the best. We should do what God asks us to do because we love him and we want to make God happy. And I had to, I had to dig down deep in my relationship with God and, and really ask myself those questions of why do I do what I do for God? I spoke about this on Christmas Eve about the fact that Jesus is coming back for the church. Uh, We are known as the Bride of Christ. And and God is going to have a huge feast and a huge wedding celebration one day when when he brings Jesus back for his bride. But God wants the Bride of Christ, the ones who are being united with his son Jesus, to be in love with his son. Not simply to be serving him because it's the right thing to do or that we're afraid of what will happen if we don't. So God wants the bride of Christ to be purified and in love with his son. It's easy to lose lose that love for Jesus. I think when we first come to know Jesus, it changes our life and and we're just like so in love with God It's it's easy. It's easy. But then as time goes by, we kind of get into a routine and we start to see the benefits of this relationship. And And so instead of serving God because we love Him, we serve God because of what's in it for us. In the book of Revelation, John writes about a church who got really busy working out their salvation, but they lost their first love. It's the church of Ephesus. This is Revelation chapter two. It says to the angel of the church in Ephesus, write. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles, but are not, and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Guys, it's easy to do that, especially if you've been following Jesus for a long time. You get busy with doing the work of being a disciple of Jesus that you forsake your first love. I don't want to be like the church in Ephesus, and I don't want us as a church to be like the church in Ephesus who's just doing great things for God, but, but lost their love for Jesus. What we do matters, but more importantly, why we do what we do matters. Why do we serve God? Why do we read our Bibles? Why do we sing songs of worship? Why do we come to church on Sundays? Why do we do it? Is it because it's the right thing to do, or What's in it for us? Or do, do we do it because we love Jesus and we know, we know that it makes him happy? Because it does. When we gather together, it makes him happy. When we read our Bibles, it makes him happy. When we sing songs of worship, it makes him happy. So our word for 2022, if you have a handout, you can write this down, is passion. It's simply Passion. I want us to have more passion for Jesus this year than we did last year. That's simply it. I want to have more passion for Jesus this year than I did last year. And if Jesus came back today, I would want God the Father to be pleased with Lighthouse as a church, that we are in love with his son, Jesus, as we are united with him. So we're gonna, today, we're going to learn from King David, because I don't know anyone who was more passionate in Scripture for God than King David. He, uh, he wrote half of the songs recorded in the book of Psalms. These are worship songs to God. Many of them are love songs to God. When he brought the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem, he danced and worshiped with all of his might, leaping and dancing before the Lord. As a young man, we know David and Goliath, he faced a giant, not for his own gain, but to defend the name of God. That's why he faced Goliath. And God called David a man after his own heart. Just think about that. We should want to be more like someone who was called a man after God's own heart. Here are a few scriptures that David wrote. That showed his passion for God. Psalms 84 verses 1 and 2 said, how lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. You can hear the passion in that. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. And then Psalm 27 verse 4 says, one thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. David loved God and he was passionate for him. And so our scripture today, we're going to be actually in another Psalm, Psalm chapter 63. You can turn there in your Bibles if you'd like. going to try to read this without my reading glasses today. (laughs) Many biblical scholars believe that this was written when King David had lost his kingdom to his son Absalom, and he had fled into the desert in Judea. And so just think of that context. He's away from Jerusalem. He's away from the temple. He's away, away from his palace. He's away from the tabernacle. He's away from his palace. He's lost everything, and he's in a desert. And he writes this. You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. In a dry and parched land where there is no water, I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night because you are my help. I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. And so today, my goal is to learn like seven keys. I know that's a lot to fill in today. Yeah, there's seven keys to having more passion in 2022 from this scripture, I'll hit them fairly quickly, um, but I'm hoping, I'm hoping that each of us here today is is wanting to be more in love with Jesus this next year. And I believe that if you go into the rest of this message with that as your heart's cry, God's going to speak to you. He's going to at least give you one of these keys that that is going to apply to your life. But let me pray, and I'll give you these keys. So Father. And I just thank you for your word, again, that is true, that guides us and directs us. And I thank you for the story of King David. His life is a testimony, and his writings uh, challenge us and, and help us today. So, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would open our eyes and ears to hear from you today. Speak through me, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we can fill the, you can fill this in on your handout. We can, have, we can all have more passion, that's your fill For God, when we make space for him, make space for him, verse one says, you God are my God, earnestly I seek you, I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. So King David was in a desert, all right, it looked like this, this is the desert of Judea, and he knew what it meant or what it felt like to be thirsty, right? I mean, he's talking about his soul thirsts for God. When are we the thirstiest, right? It's when there's no water. So it's this this feeling like, okay, I don't have it, so my soul longs for it. King David's heart was longing for God. Everything else had been stripped away. And so he understood this, this thirst for water, but he understood his soul thirsting for God because there was no substitute. In our culture today, there are a lot of substitutes for God. I mean, rarely are we ever even thirsty, let alone hungry or having nothing to do. There is so much to do. I mean, guys, I love smartphones, right? I love these things because you can do so much with them. But you know what they do? One of the biggest negative things that they do is that they keep us busy. They fill in when we could be longing for God, they just substituted in. They also substitute connections with people, too. We recognize that. I mean, when we stood in line a long time ago, like, you know, when, before there was electricity, right? It was a long time ago when I was a kid. Um, but, no, you talk to people because you were you just... But that doesn't happen anymore. Everybody is so... Consume so busy. And it's not just our phones. I mean, it's our TVs, it's sports, it's you name it. There are so many things in this world that we can do to keep us busy. The question is, where is God in all of this? Where is he? I mean, in any relationship, it takes time with God. I mean, within, in any relationship, it takes time to have a healthy relationship, right? Well, it's the same with God. We need to have time for God. When I was at, um, when I worked at the hospital, I was one of the leaders there. And so we took this leadership training one time, and it was all about margins. And so we know what a margin is, right? A margin is the white space, you know, around the writing. It's, It's just the white space around the outside, One of the nice things about margins, if you have margins, is that you can write extra notes in them, right? It's just nice to have them because there's extra space where we can fill it in. Well, if we don't have margin in our life, where is God going to write his story in your life? We have to have margin so that we can have more relationship with Jesus in 2022. So how do we get that margin? We learn a very important word, it's called no. And we just learn to say no. We say no to all of the demands in our society, but we also learn to say no to ourselves. I say no, I'm not gonna watch the next four seasons of my favorite Netflix show this weekend, right? Because I'm gonna have some margin for the people I love and for the God that I love. And we give him back some of that time. We make space for him. Another way that we can make space for God, and I know some of you are excited about this and some of you are not, is practicing the discipline of fasting. That's your second point. I mean, when we, when we fast, when we give up food and the time it takes to make food and to eat food and we give that space to God, man, that's honoring to God. Jesus was asked why his disciples weren't fasting and he was like, because they're here with me. I mean, there's, they don't have time to fast, but when I am gone, my disciples will fast. That's what he said. And so if we count ourselves as disciples of Jesus, fasting shouldn't be something someone else is doing. It should be something that we do. Fasting is something that Jesus said we will do. But I'll tell you, it is hard to fast because we spend most of our lives taking care of, number one, making sure that all of our needs are met. If we're tired, we sleep. If we're hungry, we eat. If we're thirsty, we drink, right? I mean, that's what we do. And so when we fast, we say no, again, the word no, we say no to our flesh, and we say yes to Jesus. And that sacrifice makes Jesus feel honored. Makes him feel honored. So this is the third year that we're doing a 21-day fast. Um, For those of you that are new, that doesn't mean that we're fasting completely from food for 21 days, though some of you might. Uh, this year, our 21-day fast starts on Saturday, this coming Saturday, on uh, January 22nd. So it's 122, and then it ends on 211. That's how I remember it. Ends on February 11th on a Friday night. We're going to have a night of worship here to end the fast, and um, we're also going to have a carry-in after the fast. So that night, so if you bring all of the foods that you haven't been able to have and uh, we all celebrate together. I'm, I'm bringing Hacienda chips, just so you know. <laughs> Whenever I fast, I just want Hacienda chips when it's all said and done. So you have these fasting commitment cards. You want to pull that out. has a place for your name, email, phone, and then uh, we're asking everyone for 21 days to fast some type of food. Now, God may be asking you already to fast from social media or from TV or something like that, and and I encourage you, go ahead and do those things, but I'm also going to ask all of us for those 21 days to fast some type of food. That could be coffee, that could be sweets, that could be snacks. Some of you, that might mean you're fasting breakfast or lunch or dinner, but for full 21 days, you're giving up some type of food, okay? Uh, The other choice there is the Daniel fast. The Daniel fast is simply giving up meat and cheese and anything good. I mean, it is what you do: give up. No sugar, no bread, and you just eat fruits and vegetables. That's what you do for the Daniel fast. Um, I'm actually going to be doing the Daniel fast. That's what I've been doing uh, the last three years, and uh, it gets easier, just so, so for you guys out there, if you've never done one, and you're like, I don't know if I could do this, it does get easier as you go, so that's for the, the full 21 days, and then the last week, that last fill-in on your, uh, your commitment card, I'm asking everyone here to fast an entire day, like give up food for at least one day, all right, and this is just to develop the discipline of fasting. Now, I will tell you, the first time that I fasted, I thought I was going to die, all right? I just did. (laughs) Can I get an amen? Um, I had never given up up food for a day unless I was throwing up, right? I mean, just like, unless I was sick. And so, I didn't think that I would survive by giving up a day of food, and here I am. It actually, I didn't die. Um, So, Again, if you have some type of medical condition, talk to your physician, but uh, we are asking everyone in the church to at least fast one day. Now, if you have fasted a day before, I'm going to ask you, try to fast two days. If you fasted two, try to do three. Uh, in my life, I've, I, I fasted one day and three days. I've done those quite a bit. I've only fasted five days one time, and uh, so God's asking me to fast the whole week. And so you can be praying for your pastor because I don't know if I can do it, but I'm going to try because I want to develop the discipline of fasting because I should be able to give up food for more than a day. (laughs) And so I'm going to try to increase that and be able to fast the whole last week. That's my plan. So I may only be able to eat like one Hacienda chip when it's all said and done because your stomach shrinks up. But anyway, um, you can fill out those cards Uh, this week. Um, And if you're not sure yet, you need to go home and pray. You can bring it back next Sunday, even though the fast starts on Saturday. Uh, You can turn it in. And by the way, there is an area for prayer requests on the back. Everyone who turns in a card, we will be praying for you as you fast, Um, but we'll also be praying for your prayer requests. Um, Our prayer team, our um, Tuesday night intercession team, we love praying for things. So if you're fasting you know, for somebody or for something, um, we'll put that on the back. Now, last year, our fast was for the lost, if you guys remember that, and 69 people came to know Jesus this past year. It was an exciting year. This year, we are going to be fasting to have more passion for Jesus. That's really going to be it. We're going to be fasting to be more in love with Jesus, but you may have an additional prayer request that you're going to be fasting for, and you can write it on there, we will pray with you. Now, as you turn those in, Uh, at the Welcome Center afterwards, you will receive a journal. This is your fill-in. We can all have more passion for God when we journal about his goodness. Uh, My wife, Rose, put these together, and it has 21 uh, devotionals, essentially. So day one, you know, um, through day 21, it's a a prayer, it's a section of scripture, it's um, some self-reflection for filling out what God is doing, but uh, I want to encourage you guys to journal what God is doing. King David said this, on my bed I remember you, I think of you through the watches of the night. King David understood that to stay in love with God, he needed to recall what God had done. He may not be experiencing it while he's in the desert, but he remembered all the good things that God had done, and that stoked his love and kept him in love with Jesus. This past week, I was reading some of my, um, my old letters and cards that I've gotten from my kids and from my wife. And you know, when you read those, what does it do? It just makes you feel all warm and fuzzy all over again, doesn't it? I mean, just like, oh, no love letter. You're like, oh, oh, oh. Um, so when we're in this fast and not just this fast but all throughout 2022 man, journal what God is doing journal your prayers journal when he answers those prayers we're just kick-starting it with these 21 days right here but our hope is that you would continue to talk about what God has done in your life through journaling all year and then take those moments to go back and reread. At the end of this year, go back and reread what God did, and it just keeps that fire going. It stokes the flame. Number four, I better hurry or we'll go right into second service. So we can all have more passion for God when we spend more time in worship. King David knew how to worship. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods, with singing lips my mouth will praise you. I really think that a key to David's passion for God was his singing to God. And so singing may be a new thing for you, especially if you're just trying to figure out this following Jesus thing. But I will tell you, it has ignited my love for God. I grew up Mennonite, and I I listened to um, hymns, and I sang. I was one of those parts in a four-part hymn, you know, and I would sing along. But I wasn't worshiping God. I was singing songs. But I've learned to worship God And it just stokes that flame in your heart for God. And so this year, we are going to be offering more opportunities for you to join us in worship. My my encouragement is that you worship on your own as well. But you're going to have more opportunities to join us in worship. Every Tuesday night at 7 o'clock, the prayer room is open. And we have uh, included live worship as part of that hour now. Um, We actually jokingly this past week called it the throne room. Um, during that hour, we were just entering into the throne room of God, and it's been a wonderful time just to be worshiping and praying and uh, just be in the presence of God. And so every Tuesday night, not just through the fast, but through the whole year, you can come here at seven o'clock and just join us in a time of uh, just worshiping God. So I'd encourage you to do that, but also Uh, The last week of the fast, Monday through Friday, we're going to have an opportunity for you to join us in worship each night. So Monday night, we're going to be doing a worship circle at 7 o'clock. That's going to be over in the Beacon. On Tuesday night, we will be doing, uh, the prayer room will be open. On Wednesday night, our young adults are actually going to lead us in a time of worship in here. I'm excited about that. Thursday night, they're actually doing rehearsal in here, but we will be doing acoustic worship over in the Beacon. And then, of course, on Friday night is our big night of worship where we break the fast together and uh, God just shows up and it's the end of our 21 days. So I would encourage you to plan on coming to church every night that week. I will be here. <laughs> I'm not going to have anything else to do. I'm not going to be eating, right? So I'll be here. I'll be here every night. And uh, we, our hope is to have more opportunities for worship, corporate worship as well throughout the year. Um, but I do believe that spending time in worship is one of the ways that our passion gets ignited for God. That's number four. Number five, we can all have more passion for God when we learn more about him. King David said, you God are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. Earnestly, I seek you. So when Rose and I were dating, um, we were like in our 30s and, uh, and I remember we put our kids to get to bed and then we would call each other and we would talk for hours. We just talked for hours. And the thing was, what were we talking about? Nothing. You know, just, <laughs> just talking. Just want to hear a voice. No, we um we were asking each other questions, like what's your favorite food? What's your favorite color? You know, tell me about when you, you know, what'd you do in school? You know, we had those kind of kinds of questions. And the more I got to know her, the more I fell in love with her. Well, that's true about God as well. Man, God is perfect. And the more we get to know about him, the more we will love him. Guarantee you. The more we will love him. So my hope is this next year that we all spend time seeking God, getting to know God more than we do today. And the cool thing is they wrote a book about him. All right, And so we can get to know God more simply by studying this book. So this year, I'm excited that we're offering a new program called Lighthouse Cross Training. And the intent is just simply to do Bible studies and Bible training. Uh, so we can dive deeper into our understanding of God. We've, we've talked about the, our first class, which is Foundations of Spiritual Health. It starts this Tuesday. Um, So again, just a four-week class. A lot of these are four-week-long classes. And I would encourage you to sign up for that to get to know how we can know God better through spiritual disciplines. This week, we're actually starting off with fasting. And so if you're like, I just need to know more about fasting, uh, you can sign up and take this class. They're gonna talk about it this week. But our plan is this year to offer several more Bible classes, overview of the New Testament, overview of the Old Testament, A book study on Romans, how to hear from God. Um, A book study on the book Bondage Breaker. Such a good um, Christian book. And then we'll also have one-night workshops, leadership training, how to read your Bible, how to pray with others, how to lead others to Christ, and discovering your spiritual gifts. Because I just really believe, guys, the more we know about God, we can't help but be more in love with Him. That's what I'm finding in my life. And I don't know about you, but I can never get enough of this book. I've read it several times, and I'm still reading it. And every day I read it, I'm like, oh, there's something there for me, something there for me. (laughs) Okay, so next one is uh, we can all have more passion for God when we allow God to help us. This was interesting because it was just in the Scripture. King David says, I cling to you, your right hand upholds me. So King David was a man's man. He was a warrior. He killed Goliath. They actually sang songs about him that King David has killed his tens of thousands. He was was a pretty tough dude. But yet he wrote, Your right hand upholds me. I cling to you. This image for me is of a child hanging on to their parent. That's kind of what I'm seeing. And so David knew that he needed God. And I'll tell you, this is a harder thing for me because I don't like people helping me. Is there anyone like that where you're just like, I just want to do it myself. I don't want someone. I see those hands. I know that. And, uh, and I've had to learn that it's, it's okay to let people help you. And it's hard for me. That's probably this pride thing. I don't know. Uh, it's not good for us to, to be in a situation where we don't let people help us. But here's the interesting thing. As I've gotten older and I can't do the things I used to be able to do, um, in fact, we were moving a desk yesterday, and uh, I had to call my son, Ben, and say, hey, can, can you come help me? You know, because I, I don't think I can pick this up by myself. Um, but you know what happens when we allow someone to help us? We like them more. Right? I mean, we do. like... We can't help but like, oh, they, they helped me. And so there's this an affection that happens inside of us. And I, and I believe that's true with God. If we allow God to help us and stop being so doggone independent, then we'll even have more passion for God. Because we're not out there doing it all by ourselves. We're leaning on our Heavenly Father. We're, we're holding on to Him. We're letting Him help us, letting help Him help carry us. Psalm 46 says this, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. He's there to help us when we're in trouble. That's number six. Now, number seven, our last one. Thank you all for your patience, by the way. We can all have more passion for God when we attend church every week. David knew this. He said, I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. He was out in the desert. He couldn't go back to the tabernacle in Jerusalem. But he was remembering. He says, I've seen you there. I've seen your power. And let me just tell you, my favorite day of the week is Sunday. Because one thing, I get to hang out with all of you, you know, that's kind of fun. Um, But more importantly, I have seen God move dramatically on Sundays. I've seen Him physically heal people. I've seen Him heal hearts, relationships. I've seen people walk in without hope, walk out with hope. I've seen people come to know Jesus for the first time here on Sundays. And when we see God moving, when I see God moving... And it, and it makes me love them more. But if you're not here, you're missing it. And, and I, I, let me just be really honest. There's been a lot of negative things that have happened with this pandemic. But one of the main things that I think has happened in the church is that attendance has become optional. It didn't used to be like that. It used to be like, no, we need to go to church every week because that's what we do. But then we didn't go to church for months at a time. And we've created online substitutes where you can watch it online. But it's not as good as being here. It's not as good as being here. And so my encouragement to you, if you want to grow in your passion with God this year, become an every weeker. You just just come every week. Now, if you have a fever, stay home. If you're throwing up, should they stay home? Okay, stay home. I just think you can bring a little bucket. No. Yeah. So if you have a fever, you're throwing up, don't no, don't come. Don't come. But don't stay home just because you've had a hard week. We've all had those hard weeks. If that's the case, we're all not going to be here. Life is hard. You know, you don't come to week, come to church just because everything lines up and it's easy. Is that, is that why we date our spouse or our significant other? Is just because it's easy? No, we do it because we love them. So come to church because you love God and you want to be with Him. And trust me, you won't be disappointed. One of the things that God has consistently done here with Lighthouse is He has shown up. And I am humbled every week because Y'all know you, you don't have a perfect pastor, right? I think everybody knows that. Yeah, I'm talking about Matt right now, right? <laughs> no, I'm far from perfect. And yet God shows up every week and it's such a blessing. We are humbled by his presence. So I want to encourage you, come every week. Now, next week we're starting a new message series based on the five love languages. Anybody ever heard of the five love languages? It's a relationship tool, really, really helpful in um, relationships with other people. We're going we're gonna to talk through that and explain what the five love languages are, but then we're going to talk about the love languages of God, how he gave us these love languages to be able to interact with one another, but more importantly, so that we can receive love from him and show love to him. And I'm really excited about this next series. Uh, so for five weeks, we're going to be talking about the love, love languages of God. And you don't want to miss that. Because what if week four is your love language and you're not here? (laughs) You're going to miss it. So you want to be here all five weeks. Okay. Well, that's it for today's message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthouseofinner.church. Thank you for being part of our family, and we will see you next time.